tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello and welcome to the first ever Ultimate Fighter a champion will be crowned after Buzz show. Guys, we are here tonight talking about last night's premiere episode of The Ultimate Fighter, A Champion Will Be Crowned. My name is Daria Baranato, and I'm here with my co-host today, Mr. J. Tan. Hey, lady. What's up? How you doing? Just me and you today. See, right? I know. I, I think I've met you before on the UFC after show. Yeah, right. You know, I was thinking, um, <laughs> I was going to say, I said long time no see, but... In the schedule that we're going to be keeping now between Sundays and Thursdays, Sunday to Thursday will be the long time no see. Yes. This That's the Thursday longest now we will that we're go. taping this. And yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to be he- hanging out here in 48 hours talking about uh, the next fight night. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you guys didn't understand that, we will be here every Sunday if you don't already watch us tape uh, going over the UFC fights that are on Fridays or Saturdays. And now we're going to be here every Thursday at 5 p.m. live talking about the ultimate fighter for the next <laughs> 13 weeks, I believe. Yep, 13 weeks. Oh, my God. Season 20. We're, Season we're launching 20. The very first Ultimate Fighter after show on the AfterBuzz yes. Network is Season 20. There's something, a nice, even milestone to that. Yeah, I like know? it. And it's the first ever all-women's season. Now, we saw women on The Ultimate Fighter for the first time last season on Season 19 with Ronda mm-hmm. Rousey and Misha Tate coaching. But it was split. It was half men, half women. This is the... Only in the first season with all women. It's establishing the 115 strawweight division in the UFC. And the winner of the show will be the champion of that UFC division. Strawweight, women's strawweight champion. I mean, that's yeah. that's a first as well. That's insane. You win the show. You are the champion of the world in the UFC strawweight division. Yep. That's awesome. Now, the ironic thing, too, is that you've automatically got 15 others, a ranking of 15 other contenders whom... Right. You know, compared to any other, as they think about it now, any other champion, UFC champion, um, that champion will know the 15 contenders, the top 15, very intimately, having lived with them and trained with them in the house, you know, for for six weeks. It creates for a very weird thing because it's like Mm -hmm. her and whoever wins, the entire. Weight division. She knows them. She right. slept with them. She maybe bunked with them Moderately, in the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she knows them. <laughs> she knows them. their. Yeah, she trained with them. She knows their Ate strengths and weaknesses. Knows what they like to eat in the kitchen. Yep. Their dirty habits. Yep. <laughs> That's right, Jay Tan. All right. Um. There's the coaches are Anthony Pettis and mm-hmm. Gilbert Melendez. At the wrap of the season on December sixth, they will be fighting for obviously the title. Mm-hmm. Um, now, are they fighting on the sixth as well? The same. Uh, is it- Weidman, Weidman's defending his title on the 6th, I believe. I wasn't sure. I meant to look that up. I don't know if they've actually set a date for Pettis and Melendez officially. Did they not? Maybe it's just December sometime when it the season It is in December, wrap. yeah, okay. at the end. It's, you know, traditionally with Ultimate Fighter, the two coaches have fought for uh, at, at the end. On the pay-per-view, the whole show itself originally was to lead up to a pay-per-view. Right. Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell were the very first coaches mm-hmm. of the, the first season. And the Ultimate Fighter was a way to uh, to bring in new names 
to mm-hmm. the UFC, and then it there was the finale with two contracts, UFC contracts on the line, right. two different weight classes. And then after that, I think it was a week later, Randy and Chuck fought for, at the time, I believe it was Chuck's light heavyweight title. Right. To clarify, they were the coaches on The Ultimate Fighter mm-hmm. 1. Yeah. So this one, I'm not sure, to, you know, it, but the coaches do, it does culminate in the coaches, coaches fight, pardon me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure if that's been scheduled or not. I, maybe there's not. Let's just say the tentative date, it's December sometime. Yeah. But they're definitely going to be fighting yeah. at the wrap of the season, which I'm super excited for. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's let's run through the girls. Let's run through uh, who's on whose team mm-hmm. first off, and we'll say a little bit about each one. Well, uh, let's set up, you know, again, mm-hmm. this, is, this season is so different, not just because of it being a full women's season, but also right. the way that things, uh, the way that the tournament itself is set up. Super, super different. It's from gone the past through seasons. a lot of... Uh, it's gone through an evolution since mm-hmm. the first season. Um, in this case, what the UFC did, because this is a completely new weight class that they've mm-hmm. never even had in the past, typically what they've done in the past, the weight class was established, and so they would recruit guys from throughout the, the U.S. and then mm-hmm. later throughout the world, bring them in, and they would fight for a contract just to get into the UFC. Right. In this case, these ladies are all officially UFC fighters as they go in. Yeah. Um, they The UFC has a deal with a women's promotion called Invicta FC, run by Shannon Knapp, and um, they basically bought the women's flyweight division, or 10, 10 or 11 contracts, I think, from... Strawweight? Yes, that's, yeah, strawweight, 115. Mm-hmm. That's Guys, just in case I, we screw up in the future, from here on out, ultimate fighter, strawweight, 115 pounds, women. Yep. So if I botch that up, listen to what I meant to say, not what I actually said, <laughs> as mom says. Um, so you, you had this influx of women automatically contractually coming in um, from Invicta. They are now UFC fighters. Right. And I believe, you know, there were uh, tryouts as well. And, you know, so they well, bolstered Dana up. White specifically took eight from Invicta. Was it eight? Yeah, okay. exactly eight. And auditioned the other eight. Okay. So what he did there is he picked his favorite eight 115-pounders from Invicta. Mm-hmm. I mean, naturally, that's where he's going to go anyway. They're the, it's the biggest women's division that there is besides UFC now. In uh, strawweight. In strawweight, yeah. yeah. And in general for women, I mean, besides the 135-pound UFC, mm-hmm. I mean, it tends to be the biggest pool of women mm-hmm. professional fighters. Um, so he took eight of the top girls from there. Including Carla Esparza, the uh, strawweight champion, correct? Yep. The first, inv- the Invicta, first Invicta strawweight champion. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they had an open audition for girls all around the world to try out. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, if they hadn't got the opportunity to compete in Invicta or right. they lived overseas and wouldn't be in Invicta or whatever the case may be, they still had the opportunity to come mm-hmm. and try out. Yeah. Um, like so Beck Rawlings. And A, the previous tradition of recruiting Ultimate Fighter and then yep. this new thing. So at any rate, though, they are officially UFC fighters, yes. as Dana said in the episode. That's you crazy. Know. All uh, 16 of them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. They all have contracts. They're all guaranteed yep. in the UFC. So at the end of this season, you know, there will be one champion and all the rest of the girls are going to start yeah. their journey to trying to get that belt. Yeah. And that typically is uh, um, is the way that the UFC, they'll recruit, they'll, bri- they'll keep a lot of the tough cast from previous seasons. Right. Um, sometimes they brought them all in. Everyone got a contract of a smaller value yep. and would stay and then would have to fight to stay mm-hmm. just in general, just like any other fighter would. Um, and sometimes they only brought certain fighters over right. and, and gave them actual contracts. In this case, this is going to be the same thing. As soon as these ladies are officially UFC, uh, as soon as the season is done, you know, 
they're uh, they're all going to you know have to keep winning. Otherwise, eventually, you know, two or three or four, chances are they're going to get cut. Never know. Yep. Let's go through the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Team Pettis. We have mm-hmm. Carla Sparza, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Chambers, yep. Felice Herrig, uh, yep. Joanne Calderwood, mm-hmm. Aisling Bale- uh, Daly, yep. Justine Keish, mm-hmm. Randa Marcos, mm-hmm. and Jessica Penne. Yeah. Whew, stacked. <laughs> and then Team Melendez, you have Beck Rawlings. Uh, Emily Peters Kagan. I think she's going by Emily Kagan now. Is she going by Emily yeah, Kagan? That, okay. That was my screw up in the notes. That's there for okay. You. <laughs> uh, Rose Namajunas, mm-hmm. Tisha Torres, Heather Cho Clark, Lisa Ellis, Angela Hill, and Angela Magana. Yes. Wow. You want to talk about Murderer's Row? Oh uh, what do you call God. it? Femme Fatales. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these are some Femme Fatales for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I knew some of the names before doing my research mm-hmm. uh, prior to today. But I didn't know them all, so I definitely did my homework. I watched yeah. some awesome, awesome fights. What's interesting is a lot of these girls have fought each other already, mm-hmm. so there's some rivalry. Uh, there's definitely some rivalry. Um, there's some hate already, personal hatred between these girls. Specifically, speaking of Felice Herrig and um, Heather Clark, Heather Joe Clark, who yeah. let's That's- just say it, they're fighting next week on the Ultimate Fighter. Is it next? Uh, no, they're they're scheduled. But oh, they got scheduled against week. each other. Yeah. Yes, but it's not next week. Yeah. You're right. That's another thing that's worth, you know, we'll get to the seed in the, yeah, the matches we'll talk later. About the but yeah, you know, several things are set up very differently on this season than, than previously. Right. But you do have, you know, pretty uh, even uh, across the board, you know, you've got a mix between Pettis and Melendez of, uh, of top ranked and lower ranked fighters. Yeah. And I think it, the way that it was set up, it had to turn out evenly. The way that they did the picking, mm-hmm. Dana White seated all the women, so he mm-hmm. he ranked them one mm-hmm. to fifteen or one to sixteen. I'm sorry, and then uh, Pettis picked one, mm-hmm. and then Melendez or the opposing team would automatically get the opposite ranked woman. Right? So, he didn't. He didn't even have a choice. Right? Whether it was Pettis or Melendez, the guy that defaulted. Or the guy that didn't have the choice automatically default by default got the lower, the lowest ranked fighter. So how it was set up, guys, is the number one ranked fighter was already set to fight the number 16 ranked fighter. And so on and so on. Number two, number 15, number three, number 14, so on and so on until it got to the middle. So um, that's the way it was set up. So when one of the teams picked number one, the other team automatically got number 16, two, 15, Mm -hmm. so on and so on. Yeah. Um, Confusing. <laughs> Not watching it. In in the past, you would have there was a lot more creativity to it, or or control, I should say. The the fight, the coaches had control of who they wanted to build up their team. Right. And I personally never really. Uh, there, there's one thing about this season, as I think about it now, uh-huh. that's very different than previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Just with that ruling alone, that rule where by default you got somebody whether you wanted them or not. Right. Um, in the past, each coach. Got to pick who, uh, for example, Pettis versus Melendez. Pettis was pick one, and then Melendez picked whoever he wanted. Right. Then Pettis would pick one, then Melendez would pick whoever he wanted. Not the case here. Not the case here. But the mentality of those coaches, if you watched previous seasons, they were figuring out who were the best guys to build their team such that their whole team could beat the other team. Right. It became a one-on-one, team versus team thing, which I always had an issue with because for the fighters themselves – they're looking to go to the end. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with team. Like, MMA is kind of, not a team sport at the end of the day. Yeah, you t- you train as a team, but you're the one guy that goes in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And that was uh, that's that's a huge difference in mentality, at least for the fighters. Definitely. You know? um, but in this case, it's set up such that all the women know who they're fighting. What well, the, the show was shot six, seven weeks span. And they've already now, at the end of this first sh- uh, episode, they know who they're going to be fighting yeah. coming up. That that makes everything a lot different. It makes mm-hmm. uh, living arrangements a lot different when they right. immediately pick their bedrooms. They're like, oh, I'm fighting her. I can't sleep next to her and right. so on and so on, which it changes the entire dynamic of the show. Of, and of the house. Of the house as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dana White made a point to say that um, this season isn't up-and-comers you know, learning the sport and getting better and better with their coaches and, and becoming champions or, or becoming, you know, good contenders. This is a season of already established fighters competing mm-hmm. for the champion. They're already in there. It's a big difference. Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason where mm-hmm. why it could be split up the way that it is. It, you know, they're not here to work so much with the coaches to get better. They're here to yeah. fight and win this. It makes sense. The different, the reason why this whole thing makes sense, the changes that they've done is that you have a title at the very end. Right. This is going to be designated as the top women's strawweight fighter in the world. Right. And to that end, you want this tournament to be as even and logical as possible. Mm-hmm. So there's much more order. Whereas previous seasons, again, you know, coaches picking to build the best team mm-hmm. and then these guys all fought to get a contract. That was just a shot. To fight in the UFC, you know, didn't guarantee that you were going to go and go on to become champion. Right. In this case, there's a lot of responsibility for the woman that wins this tournament and has her hand raised at the end of 13 weeks. Yep. Um, she's the top dog, and now she has, you know, she automatically has a target on her back. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have another ladder to climb up in the ranks. She is the ladder. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that because. Oh my god, even what, we, let's talk about the winner of last night. Let's, let's okay. let them know. Let's cut to um, it. okay, so last night, the first fight of the night was, um, uh, Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres. Versus and, Random Marcos. Now, Random Marcos was ranked number 14 and mm-hmm. Tisha Torres was ranked number 3. Yeah. Um, before, before I say this, I want to say I had Tisha as my number one. Mm-hmm. I had Tisha Torres winning the entire season. We had some disagreements on how the girls were seated, didn't yeah, we? we did. Yeah, we did. We uh, did. Not even amongst each other, but amongst how Dana did them and how mm-hmm. we would do them as well. amongst each other, too. I don't think I agreed with you. No? No. I, I would have put, uh, some women I would have had a lot higher. I don't know that, uh, um... Well, I think Carla Esparza, for example, she's nine and two. She's the reigning strawweight champion. In that respect, I can understand her being ranked as number one. Yeah, but it, some it of these sense. women, if you look, guys, if you want to go back and and, and study the uh, the seeds and and how the women are, are ranked in the season, it is interesting. A couple of things to to keep in mind, and maybe some of you already really know this. You know, if you follow NCAA basketball or or whatever, when when you're comparing fighters, one big factor. Obviously, is the record, you know, uh, who has a better record overall. But also, just as importantly, look who they beat. Look at their last two or last five fights. And was there a break in between fights, you know, a six month or a year long um, stretch in between fights? Right. And so that's that, that's another factor. We talk about Carla, she's nine and two. There are women like Joanne Calderwood, who's eight and oh, completely undefeated. Um, <laughs> Justine Kish is 4-0, same as uh, Tisha Torres 4-0. But Tisha Torres was ranked number three, mm-hmm. and Justine was down at number nine. I felt you could have put Justine up a little bit. If Tisha Torres is going to be that high, then possibly put Joanne. Right, or, but uh, once again, you need Justine. to look back at their wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and who they fought. Who have they beat? Are they yeah. are they going against girls that are 0-3 just to get some mm-hmm. wins on their record? Which right. 
I'm not saying anybody did. Right. People do do that. For example, yeah. Um, or do they fight women of equal caliber? Of right, where their record was at the time they fought, right. or are and, they taking last minute title shots like mm-hmm. um, Beck Rawlings did against mm-hmm. uh, Carla Esparza. Yeah, and she held her own. She didn't win, but yeah. mm-hmm. she held her own. Yeah. Well, and, why don't we ask George Hermosa, who's on the line? Georgie Boy is in. Jorge. Hi. Oh Hello. my God! Where are you at, buddy? We have George Hermosa on the I'm, line. I'm, I'm, I'm missing you guys. That's what. That's where I'm doing. That's what I'm doing right this now. This is like gravity. We're pulling you in uh, sonically through the magic of electronics here. You're uh, on no. about outside what, 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 what have you guys been talking about so far? Uh, right now, we're just breaking down the teams, talking about some top contenders. Uh, what do you think? Dude, let me tell you something. I am so excited. Within like 10 minutes, I'm like, this is going to be the best season <laughs> ever. Because I know, I know like the day before, we were kind of going back and forth on how it's going to work, what's going to yeah. be a tryout. You know, people are going to fight to get into the house. I mean, they already got the six women. And the first thing I thought, I'm like, how awesome is that? That pretty much everybody already has a UFC contract. Mm-hmm. So if you really think about it, it's not that different. So if you go to the UFC.com, right, you go to your rankings, you have your champion, and then you have your top 15 fighters. Yep. Let's say you vacate the title, take those 16 people, put them in a house, and they're all going to fight for that title. That's how I – so it's pretty much the top 16 strawweight female fighters of the world. Yeah. That's a good way to break house. it down. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe they should do that for every weight class. <laughs> I know. Oh, seriously. <laughs> I I'm, I'm like, dude, I, ca- I cannot wait till they do this. If they were to ever do it again, I think that would be awesome, especially if they're somewhere where they do have to vacate the title. They should do that. All right. Not, Interesting. But, I, mean, I don't think I don't think they would ever not. do that because you've got yeah TV schedules and you've and got a title you, that needs to now stay you, warm. these guys these guys that would be vacating the title and the contenders are already too famous so to speak. I mean they've yeah. already been competing in the yeah, UFC exactly. for years and years and years and to put them in a house with bunk beds I don't think that would go over too well. <laughs> yeah. I mean that'd be awesome, but yeah. it's not going to happen. But another thing too is here's here's how, here's how I think this the show is so awesome is that the production value is so so well done. So they, mm-hmm. they, of course, with the Ultimate Fighter, they always like to give a little profile of each fighter. You know, they, they do such a good job where I was like, man, if this is the case, I want to go back and watch the, all the Invicta fighters, all the Invicta events. Cause, like, right. Now I know who these people are. Now I have an invested interest in these people. Now I can see and cheer for them and, and know who these people are. Look at Carla Esparza, you're the number one uh, draft pick. See, see her journey up into the UFC. I mean, I think that's awesome. I agree so, with you. It's such a good way to break down fighters to new fans. Yeah, but I mean, the I production agree. value is, is the same as it's been the past couple of seasons, dude. What's uh, What do you mean? Are you telling me that just because the women look good, now you want to go and, and study them more? I kind of well, get yeah. that from a guy's but, perspective, but, it, but, but like it, call it, a spade a spade, like man. The, going back, it's like, because every season you have your group of guys, your ultimate fighter contestants. Mm-hmm. I mean... Like I said, they're all battling for that UFC contract, so now it's like some guys that go through the house, you'll never see them again. It's like, well, mm-hmm. some guys will make it. Maybe some of them will get a UFC contract. Some other guys, you'll again, you'll never hear from them ever again. Yeah, This is a little bit different. Because now, these chicks are these automatically UFC fighters. I'm sure. sorry? Because these chicks now automatically are UFC fighters. Exactly. And now, yeah. like I said, now that they, they put a little profile on each one, now it's like, oh, now I can go back and watch these fights. And right. another, another thing, too, I know she's listening. I mean, maybe she is. She, she has no reason to listen to not listen to. Heather Joe Clark, I'm talking to you right now. I think I had a class with her like 
years oh. ago at Valley College. <laughs> no! I could be very wrong. She looks like this one chick I took a drama class with at Los Angeles Valley Stop. College. Wrong that's you. Tweet us. Uh, tweet us at AfterBuzz TV. You yeah. know, right on the comment section of the YouTube. I I feel like I feel like I took a class with her. Well, she's not going to recognize you. She's she, from. She lives she, in she Vegas. She's from LA. Yeah, no, she trains with Syndicate MMA yeah, in she's, Vegas. She's from LA, George. You that, that may be possible, dude. This is the magic of Twitter. We can uh, put the show out once the show goes out. We can tag Heather and see if she responds. Yeah. I, I just want, if she went to Valley College, that's all I want to know. If she did, then I know it's got to be her. How is Valley College uh, in in terms of ho- uh, amateur hockey rankings? Does she play in the hockey uh, team? No, I don't think there was a hockey team. Okay, because she was a pro hockey player. <laughs> uh, although I do, I do already dig that little feud her ha- she's having with Felice Harris. Right. Uh, they set that off. That's, I, I that's have your, things to your say about that. Lieben very early, right? Yeah. She's, I mean, you can tell she's a bit of a character. I mean, one of some of those names I have heard of before. You know, Carla Sparza, the Invicta champion, already coming in. It's like you had to Cookie be. Monster. She had to be the number one. Uh, the number one seed. Um, then some of the other people I kind of knew, kind of heard names, you know, uh, I think Jessica Penn, I think another one Penn, I've heard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the Felice Herrick, I've heard some not so good stories and some pretty good stories in regards to her. I'm sure <laughs> you guys probably know a little bit more. Felice um, is... So uh, you can tell she's definitely going to be a character this season. Yeah, yeah. And she knows to be that character. Felice, as we talked about in the previous episodes, you know... Fought on uh, Tough Girls. She is a veteran Muay Thai fighter. She gets Fight it. Fight Girls, yeah. Yeah, she gets I mean, when the she, camera is on her. She she knows. Re- does she kind of remind you of like a female Shail Stonin in some ways? At least, at least for I me, I wouldn't she did. go that far, but she does know how to get attention and maybe play the heel if she needs to. Yeah. Uh, even, least... even in the profile, she kind of she kind of knows what's up. She's like she's her own brand. Dude. She knows what she needs to do to put her name out there. At the end of the day, Felice Herrig is a smart, freaking businesswoman. You guys can call her whatever the, a slut, whatever the hell you want to call her. This Although is, we didn't call her that, but people do. <laughs> this is pre. I'm certainly not gonna. She'll kick my ass. This is premeditated. <laughs> this is a completely smart business move on her part and her management's part. None of it. I, I don't think she's crazy. I don't think she's uh, the black horse in the house. I think she is Felice Harry, and I think she's a smart businesswoman. I totally agree. You know what? I'm going to make a point here. She, I think the, the point of it is that she gets um, publicity, and she spoke about this on, on last week's or uh, last night's episode. Um, she... She knows to put herself out there. She knows how she wants to put herself out there, and she's not ashamed of it. She's unabashed. You right. know? She plays up her sex appeal very well. Um, if you go and look at images for Felice Herrig online, you know there's a lot of real uh, sexy bikini shots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And some people in the past have criticized her for saying, "Well, it's bad for women's combat sports. You're uh, you're using your sex appeal." You know, my opinion personally, I may disagree with that. You know, if you got it, flaunt it, like Biggie used to say. Well, it goes hand in um, hand. Yeah, but she she does know, and all fighters, frankly, here's my uh, putting on my promoter's cap for everybody. If if your talent, if you're in front of the camera like I am right now, okay, then you have an obligation to yourself to to know your identity and to put yourself out there in a certain way. Be aware of it. This especially goes for actors, singers, and fighters, especially fighters, because we're in a niche sport that 
some people don't uh, don't automatically take to. A lot of people don't automatically take to. Right. So you got to get over with them. You got to convince them to like you. Mm-hmm. And Felice does that. She says, "Here's who I am. Here's my product." Here's the business. Right. And uh, other she, people do that very well. Felice Herrick has more sponsors, more Twitter followers, more Instagram followers, more Facebook friends. And I know this because I looked. Than any of the girls <laughs> in, so? the, in the house. Mm-hmm. Some of them only have 200 on their Instagram. Yeah. I, I mean, I made, I made you know, that in comparison um, just because I remember when he first started kind of being big. I'm like, man, this guy is out of his mind. This guy is crazy. This guy is an you know, an asshole. But it took me a while. I'm like, man, this guy is a genius. Look, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. This guy really is. Exactly. If it wasn't for you know what happened recently, he'd be having a job for life. And I kind of saw the same thing in Felix Herring, where it's like she may come across as you know kind of bitchy or whatever. But I think in due time, I think a lot of people are going to sit there and see, wow, this this yeah. girl is brilliant. I agree, hundred percent. I don't want to automatically compare her to, to Ronda Rousey, but same thing. I mean, she knows that by being that kind of bad girl, that bad reputation, a lot of a lot of people are going to have more eyes on her. And, yeah. you know, look at where she's at now. George, she's, she's George. The, she's the Wayne Gretzky of that division. Dana White said wow. there was a Ronda Rousey on this season. Who do you think it is? I, I, um, just because of what we saw mm-hmm. um, and just kind of doing some research. And we haven't, we I were don't, just I know to I'm going to mispronounce her last name, but Rose Namayuna, what was her Namayunas. name? Okay. Yeah. Why do you think she's going to be the Ronda Rousey? Because of that wicked flying arm bar. <laughs> um, and, and plus, you can just tell, and I think that I love, and I think that separates her from a lot of not just female fighters, but male fighters as well. It looks like she has that killer instinct. Yeah. That, that just, you know what? It's all business. I just like to hurt people. Yeah. It's that she's, simple. She's definitely got a chip on her shoulder. She, she, yeah, and she's, I agree. A, she's a beast. Let's talk about that right now because the one thing I'm very curious about, as Dana came out and said, I found the next Ronda Rousey on this season. What did um, he mean by yeah, that? What does that I, mean honestly, exactly? I don't, think, I don't think it was specific. I think he just meant that overall, you got the season with women. He's got, they got the next. Big thing for that division. No, it's, he it's said gonna be one of those he's girls. got the next. The next Ronda Rousey is in this season. But like George said, it but could, it could mean they, they have the next champion. Like they have the next women's no. champion. No, Ronda's the only women's champion. Somebody specific. There's somebody well, he, in particular. He's that saying he's it's specific. He's just saying it's not necessarily that she's similar to Ronda Rousey per se. It, it, it can right. be. It probably. I'm, 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 that's, that's I think it is specific. But I interpreted it as just. It's going to be one of these chicks. Keep an eye out for it because well, one no, of these girls is the next the person season. to keep an eye out for. So no, just keep I don't an think you get everyone. what George is saying. No, George. I get what he's saying. I just think that it's kind of – It's like saying that these people all have a lot of eyes and they're all breathing. <laughs> well, duh, yeah. You know, but I want to know. Like, I'm curious who who do you okay. think it is? And I, I think there's a couple of points to talk about this. I think he's saying the next Ronda Rousey, meaning persona. I don't think he. Well, means I mean, if, specifically, if I had to choose, it'd be that Rose chick. Okay, there you go. I don't think he means specifically because oh, this girl does a lot of arm bars for Mount that she's like Ronda. Well, no, I, don't, I, don't I think, think, think either, I think it's persona. I think it's attitude and persona. So okay. there's that. There's attitude and persona. Another thing that Rhonda is known for uh, is is dominating chicks and just blowing through. We've got a couple of girls here that are undefeated and even undefeated in the amateur ranks. Right. So that's to say that could that chick be the next Rhonda? Let's talk about Joanne Calderwood, who uh, – let me check my notes. I believe is undefeated um, – She's undefeated in, in in amateur. If she fought amateur at all, she's eight and zero. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Now the one clip that we saw of her 
uh, she doesn't didn't seem like she had the attitude. She was kind of no. a sweet, uh, sweet, you know, uh, quiet girl from Glasgow, Scotland. But eight and zero. Oh, that's uh, I believe that's the biggest undefeated streak on the on the roster. Tisha Torres was somebody that I thought uh, would be the next Ronda Rousey here. She also is undefeated uh, at amateur. We'll talk about uh, that match later. Um, Angela Hill, fourteen and zero as an amateur. Now she's only one and zero as. Um, uh, and I'm sorry. In, in MMA, she's 14 and 0 as as an amateur Muay Thai fighter. She's 2 and 0 as a pro Muay Thai fighter. She's listed number 16. She was the bottom of the barrel. So uh, dark horse right there. Definite possibility the for yeah. the next Ronda Rousey because of this fact alone. Um, Ronda Rousey kind of came into MMA after a huge, amazing judo career and then stomped MMA like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the same could go for Angela Hill. She had this crazy, amazing, talented kickboxing Muay Thai career. And I think she's going to take on MMA and everyone's going to be like, oh, she has no ground game. She's a one-trick pony. And I think she's going to dominate. I watched some of her fight fights. Here. She, whoo, she fights Carla. Number one goes Whew. to num- number sixteen. She's, yeah. you know, that's straight striker versus that grappler. That is the the biggest gap you can get between striking and grappling. Uh, Carla Esparza has amazing, amazing uh, wrestling background, and uh, Angela Hill has amazing striking. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be one of those. Yeah, yeah. Georgie boy, we still got you there. Yep. Nice. Uh, what do you think, man? So you you think it's Rose? Rose is going to prove to be the uh, the Ronda Rousey well, of it. Just from I think so. Attitude alone just, I, I can just I can just see that killer instinct. I think like somebody like Felice Herrig. I think she just kind of she's good, but I think she's more of a personality that I think is going to mm-hmm. make that yeah. division the same way somebody like Tito Ortiz made you know the light heavyweight division back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there are some fans called the Sparza, of course, but mm-hmm. yeah, I do think Rose. Pronounce your last name for me one more time. Uh, Namajuna. Namajuna, Namajuna, I believe. Namajuna. Is that engaged to Pat Berry? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Married. She's Are they a, married now? Yeah, I think they've been Are they married. married. No, they're they're definitely together. They, yeah, they've they, been together for a while. Uh huh. That was that was part of the the storyline when they did the uh, um you know, profile on Rose. Right. Formerly, I like, with... good good for Pat Berry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wait, um, wait. What? Who's your number one pick, though, George? Is it is it is it Rose for everything? The whole kit and caboodle? No, I, I mean I would have got if I were to seat him, I would have put Carla Sparza first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just because, I mean, I, she's the automatic. She's got to be the number one. If she's the champion. Being yeah. champion. That's fair. She's the one that pretty much carried that division in the Victor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I think Carla, uh, not Carla. I think Rose would be that dark horse, kind of like fairly seated, like around ever six. But I think she's going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. Mm-hmm. She's seated number seven, and she takes on number ten, number ten, Alex Chambers, who is mm-hmm. uh, Astro Girl. Foreign one from Sydney, Australia. Lives in Thailand. Is that right? Um, no, no, that's sorry, not the different. one that lives no. in Thailand. Uh, black belt in karate, purple belt in BJJ. Um, I watched she, a few of her fights. Yeah, I Alex watched. is moving up from uh, from Adam Weight from 105 to fight 115. That's right. That's a big jump when you're talking about that well, small of not, a Well, not really. If you look at it, uh, 90% of these girls have yeah. fought at Adam Weight. Oh, yeah? Or up so. at 125. Right. So, I mean, it's a it's a difficult weight. It's kind of like my weight. Like, I could I could flutter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that you're tiny. You could either fight, you know, more you're walking around weight, which I'm sure is 115 for most of these girls, mm-hmm. or you can cut a little bit more and go to 105. I don't yeah. think it's that big of a jump. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of them have done it. That's a smart thing, and that's typically what you'll see on Ultimate Fighter shows is people right. fighting up one weight class right. other than what they typically will fight at because – Opportunity. Six, well – Opportunity, but more so, it's just safer. Six weeks of you shooting—that's that a too. lot of fighting. You know, you're talking about two or three 
Yeah, I believe two or three matches right. in six weeks. So you don't want to be cutting as you normally do. Unfortunately, the culture in MMA is to cut and get down as low as you viably can. Um, and I'd like to see that change myself. Personally. I think it is on its way to yeah. changing already. I mean, amateur, you can't cut weight because same day weigh-in. At least in camo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. California. In yeah. California. Um, and I think they're trying to. <laughs> Certainly after the past couple of weeks, you know, of uh, of UFC All events and dropouts. crazy weight cut issues, even at the pro level yeah. at the UFC. Hey, George, you'll remember this uh, related to cutting weight here. But what was the match that happened recently? I want to say it wasn't Jake Shields. Two guys just decided they were 55ers, and they just decided to fight at 170 instead so they didn't have to make the horrible cut. Do you know? I honestly don't. I honestly don't remember what you're talking about. It was just, I'd say, within the, about a month to six weeks ago. Hmm. Um, UFC. Yeah, UFC. Yeah, I was impressed that two guys decided that it wasn't Shields, obviously. But and now I'm drawing a blank on who. But it was somewhere. I want to say lightweight, and they decided to fight at welterweight or maybe a 160 catchweight. I think they just went up one full weight class. Really? And, yeah. That I'm not, I don't remember. I mean, I, I do recall vividly, but I can't think of specifics right yeah. now. Well, I, I, I hope to see more of that, quite frankly, because uh, guys go in there much more healthy, rested, you know, their bodies are in better shape, right. and uh, you're going to get more energy out of them in Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessary to do these huge 30, 40-pound weight cuts. I think it's ridiculous, right. and I think and in the so end, it kills your conditioning, and I mean, what's the point? Yeah. Really? So you could be the biggest guy in your weight class? Well, then you shouldn't be fighting in that weight class anyway. <laughs> there should be more regulations for that, and I think uh, that's something that has been tossed around for years that, okay, what if we have them do like a pre-weigh-in to make sure that they're not more than 20 off, Yeah, you know, a couple weeks talk prior. about that in some, some states. So. Um, well, That's point, right, area. Yeah, point but, being that these girls, as you said, a lot of them are atom weights fighting up a weight class, right. which is not a dumb thing by any means. No, ways. definitely That's not. Smart. Um, you saw like Kenny Florian do it on the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. He couldn't yeah. even make the weight. He was like five pounds under just yeah. because he was so small. Yeah. But he wasn't going to miss the opportunity to be on The Ultimate Fighter because seasons only come around so often well, there's that too yeah ultimate fighter was a different animal at that point yeah it was a total experiment it was a, it was a new animal yeah yeah have, have you guys talked about the actual fight itself no yet we nope. haven't gotten to it yet let's get to it right now actually let's talk about that it yeah. was tisha well, I gotta, torres I, I i gotta cut it short with me myself and joey yeah guys. go ahead, the go ahead. Was good uh the right person won an upset i think mm-hmm. i just spoiler alert and a big upset <laughs> um i do like i forgot her name the the girl from iraq random marcos um, random marcos yeah, good for her. She's got a good upbringing. I mean, you don't really see many fighters or any, pretty much any kind of athletes in general from Iraq, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of surprising. So, I mean, but I think she she was raised in Canada, right? Yeah, her and her family escaped to Canada. and They were, like, uh, held captive in Iraq. Yeah, yeah. She escaped. still got family back there. That, that's crazy. That, that story was crazy, the one that she told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there was a, a point about her talking about how Saddam Hussein actually was I don't want to misquote her. Um, the The country went to hell after Saddam Hussein was killed because then nobody yeah. was in power and right. it just became the wild, wild west. Right. Um, which you know is, is an interesting thing unto itself. Um, I suppose it's probably not the right uh, you know. It brings a whole <laughs> new dynamic to that show. I've never. I, yeah. Like George said, it's really cool having somebody from Iraq. I mean, mm-hmm. we hear. Canada and Scotland and Australia, yeah. but never Iraq. So yeah. I think it's really interesting. If, if nothing else, you don't hear fighters talk about politics or have a stance, you know, in general. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, she you know mostly raised in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So let, let's cut to it though. She faced yeah, really good. She, uh, good fight. I mm-hmm. gotta go. I'll see you guys on Sunday. Love you, Jorge. Um, Later, bro. 
follow me on Twitter at G Hermosa. <laughs> follow me on Instagram at G Hermosa. You're not here. You Watch don't get plugs. On, at the league after buzz. Um, oh, you're, you you're on a new new show, eh? Yeah. No, you're the back slut. To that Canadian accent, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out! Shout out to at Jen the Jew, my co-host on the league. Um, again, I love you both. Shout out to Phil, Stephen, Marissa, everybody at After Buzz. Uh, I'll see you guys on Sunday. <laughs> Can we cut them off? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Bye, George. <laughs> uh, love you. Tisha Torres, number three ranked. She was the first pick for Team Melendez against Randa Marcos, mm-hmm. who was number fourteen uh, with Team Pettis. Mm-hmm. And as as George said, there. Spoiler alert. Uh, Randall Marcos defeated Tisha Torres in what a lot of people thought was a major upset uh, by... Including myself. Yeah. What was it? Uh, unanimous decision. Yeah, it was unanimous 29 decision. 29 to... 20, uh, thir- no, 29 to 28. Sorry. Yeah, they had to go, they had to go all three rounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes in the Ultimate Fighter, if it's decisive after two, they'll stop it. Right. Uh, they ended up going the third round. Oh. Now let's let's say Can first. I cry? This is for for those that are new uh. to Ultimate Fighter. These matches that you see at the end of every episode, um, they're not official matches. Even though they're done in the UFC, they're not official matches right. in terms of their record and the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Here's why: for a match to be official, it must have it's at minimum three five minute rounds. Uh, championship matches or main event matches are five five minute rounds. Mm-hmm. In this case. Because, again, because fighters, you've only got a six-week window, mm-hmm. fighters are, um, uh, sorry, uh, fighters, you know, it's a fast turnaround. Um, to avoid too much damage, potential damage, fighters will, uh, the matches are only two five-minute rounds. At the end of the second round, if it's split and if there is a need by the judges' scorecards to go to the third round, then mm-hmm. they will. But if it's decisive, if one fighter is taking the first two rounds, then the match is over. That's what right. dictates it as not an official match. It's more like an exhibition. Well, this season, that doesn't really matter too much because no fighter is going to fight twice. What do you mean? Yeah, they will. It's a tournament. What do you mean? But that Oh, they do. Of course they, they do. Yeah. But it's loser fight fighting loser. The losers won't fight twice. Yeah. Right. It's a single elimination tournament. Right. That's Just what I like meant. Yeah. So, the, I mean, if you lose, you're not going to go again. Correct. Yeah. So Tisha Torres is completely out of the competition. Yes, she is. She'll stay in the house as you do in, in a lot right. of these reality shows. Which is even oh, it's even harder. It's like you're in there for well six weeks watching all these girls prep and fight and yeah. have fun and it's like you know. I believe but... that's a change they made. I, I want to say with the second season. Yeah. I think in the first season guys left the house. They did. Okay. They and did. then the second season guys stayed and we just continue training right. with their guys and support the rest it's of the good. team. It's good. I mean you stay, you get you get six weeks of amazing intensive training, mm-hmm. you know, with guys like Anthony Pettis and Gilbert Melendez and Jake Shields and Nate Diaz. I mean, that's awesome. But Mm -hmm. mentally, it's got to be hard for these girls. Well, it's part of the whole whole thing. It's It's part of the game. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about this match here. What do you think? All right. Round one, obviously, went to Tisha Torres. Great stand-up. Not obviously. I'm going to argue there. Really? Talk about the match, but I disagree that it was blatant like that. I I thought it was blatant. Um, She kept it on the feet for 90% of the round, I would say. Um, Mm. Randa took her down. She was she had her against the cage. I have here, you know, Randa went in for an attack. I think she got an attack off Tisha, or she clinched her against the cage off Tisha running in and attacking her. But uh, worked for that single leg for quite a while. Had her against the cage. She was controlling Tisha against the cage, taking damage on the right. way. Um, yeah, but also controlling, not taking big damage. Got the takedown. Um, 
And then I, I think at that point, then though Tisha took over with that uh, oh, controlling from the, bottom with the reverse. The triangle. only thing I'm giving Randa in in the in the first round is the fact that she got the takedown. Um, in in my gym, when we get the takedown, if we don't maintain top position, mm-hmm. it wasn't our takedown. Okay, and that's fair. what I'm saying for Randa. Right. She took her down, but then she lost top position immediately when. Tisha Torres got her in a reverse triangle. She had her for a little while, though. It wasn't immediate. Yeah. But I agree. Here's where I'll agree with you that mm-hmm. Tisha did control uh, Randa for a good amount of the like the last part of the... I, I feel like it was maybe the last minute or so of the match with the reverse triangle. Ironically, she uh, Randa had her hair trapped under, uh, under Tisha's leg. Right. Which will go to show you, again, anybody that goes out there and fight, long hairs, braids... Braid, tight braids or uh, or what is it cornrows? Yeah, don't do a ponytail. That's just bad news. You're asking bun, for trouble, and the bun was trapped in between Tisha Torres's legs, clearly on purpose. Right, she was using it as an advantage. Tisha, and Tisha worked that into a reverse triangle, which hey, was totally fair. Yeah, you were allowed to do that. It's not like she was pulling with the hand. Definitely. And yeah, she controlled Randa with that reverse triangle for a good part. I I don't want to say she stole. The round from Randa, but uh-huh. I think she earned it in probably the last minute or so. That was definitely more controlling than Randa did throughout most of the first round. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I look at it as it's striker versus grappler. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Dana White said, typical striker versus grappler. Um, Tisha Torres' stand-up is so good, but one mistake she made early on is throwing those high kicks. You're going yeah. you're going against someone who's really good on the ground. Don't throw body kicks. Don't throw head kicks. Throw the leg kicks. Why is that? Pepper the kick. Oh, Clearly, because um, they catch her kick uh-huh. and take you down. And attack. Yeah, yeah. like she did. Um, you have one leg up. Your other leg is not is not defendable. Right. Because you can't put both legs in Ran the caught <laughs> Exactly. Randa caught the first one to the body. Yeah. And she worked her, took her to the cage and then tripped the other leg out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that happened to her three or four times throughout the mm-hmm. rounds. Yeah. So, I mean, going in there knowing that you're going against an experienced grappler, especially once you get taken down the first time that way, mm-hmm. stop throwing the high kicks. Why would you do that? <sighs> I, and, and I'm asking I'm asking you, like, why would you do that? There was a height why difference, too. Why would I do too. what? I think it was a... Why, if, if you're a shorter fighter, mm-hmm. why, and maybe it's because she was the, the striker in right. this match, she decided to throw the high kick. But, you, you know, I, there was a four-inch difference. I say don't take the chance. Yeah. Don't take the chance. Yes, you have amazing kicks. You have... You have tree trunk legs that are super strong maybe mm-hmm. could knock her out yeah. but it, especially the first second round play it safe yeah i mean go in there throw some awesome leg kicks maybe some body kicks but you really have to watch for her catching that leg mm-hmm. and taking you down because yeah. once you're on the ground you're out of your element and you're in the week i yeah. mean don't put yourself in that situation yeah so round two though we both we agree we agreed tisha, on round two tisha got round one we agree on round two yep yeah uh, Randa got round two, controlled Randa, her on the ground. Yeah, Randa really took her uh, her ground control uh, to a higher level in terms of at least this match. Yeah, she um, she is aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if when you come in as the underdog, there's two ways to look at it: either I have nothing to lose because right. I'm the underdog, everyone thinks I'm going to lose, so right. screw it, or I, I have, love people like that. Yeah, it, it is cool because <laughs> it's like I have nothing, nothing yep. to lose. But she also had a, she. Um, I think her family was non accepting of her fighting at first, as mm-hmm. a lot of ours are as women. Um, and I think she had a lot to prove to them mm-hmm. in in this show. Hmm. And I, she said that uh, right before she went out, she said. Um, I need I I need I have something to prove here. Mm. And she went out and she showed that she was yeah. like scrappy and ferocious. Like you saw a lot of emotion in her fighting. Mm. Yeah. Well, when you do when your back is against the wall and your number what, 14 I believe it was. Yeah. yeah. You know, 
F it. You got nothing to lose, yeah. so you might as well go for it. And, Hell yeah. And, and also, by this point, everyone knows that those are the kind of fighters that Dana Loves, 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 loves. I'm sure he was sitting there marking, you know, his sheet of paper going. Yeah. When you go for broke, you leave it in the cage. Win, lose, there's a saying in in the sport. It's better to lose a great fight than win a crappy one, you know. And I think Randa knew that, you know, she she had to go for broke. And also she had to prove herself. I think, as you said, you know, but prove herself to the rest of the cast as well. Right. I'm here for a reason. Right. I belong, and my goal is the same as your goal, and I'm going to take that thing. You I know? see I see Randa as one of the killers of, of, of the season. She's one of those people that I look at, and I'm like, she has killer instinct. Mm-hmm. The second she gets in that cage, the door locks. I think she thinks it's fight or flight, like, we're going to the end. Yeah. Just I can just Flight tell is not an option for not her, right? an option at all. I can tell yeah. in her punches and her facial expressions, her emotion. I've seen enough women fighters to know that this one is no joke. And these girls have someone to be worried about in the house. If yeah. they have anyone to be worried about in the house, it's Random Marcos. I'm go- like, there's a lot. I mean, this is a, a very stacked uh, lineup yeah. cast that we have this season. This is just the first fight. <laughs> the first fight. More, more important. Well. Equally as importantly, in a bigger picture scale, uh-huh. I think that these women know what a precious opportunity and such a rare opportunity it is. Yeah. Historically for the UFC, for MMA, mm-hmm. for women's MMA, somebody here is going to be the top female fighter in her weight class in the world. It's so not going to be a question, you know? I mean, you can argue it. There's women in Japan. There's women in other countries that right. are fighting just haven't been exposed. Mm-hmm. But – the UFC being the creme de la creme when it comes to uh, fighters and certainly having cherry-picked, you know, a group of them off of the top women's promotion in the world. In the world, yep. Um, that, you know, that it just by default goes without saying that all these women know what a uh, what an opportunity this is. Absolutely. And so I think that they're all going to bring it. Yeah. You know, moreover, I think that they know that if they show that they're fierce in the cage that – They'll be able to keep that contract that they already have. Some of them could, you know, could ride on the just ride on the fact that they now I'm a UFC fighter. I don't got to worry about it, you know. Right. Let me just coast, and if I get this shot, cool. If not, I'm still a UFC fighter. Right. And I will come back and earn my way to another title shot. It's not the right way to think. At least no. not for the next six weeks. I think most of them are thinking the first way that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The balls to the wall, all mm-hmm. out, yeah. pedal to the metal, this is it, this is my opportunity. Balls to the wall, kind of uh-huh. ironic given the season. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so round uh, and, three. And the winner, before you go, yeah. the winner will be standing next to Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And I think a lot As of the these girls women's idolize Ronda champion. Rousey. It oh, will yeah. be Ronda Rousey and whoever it may be, mm-hmm. the only t- two women champions of the UFC. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, Ronda Rousey paved the way for a lot of these girls. Um so I think this will be cool. And now we're talking about more lanes in that road that she paved. Really you know? cool. Yeah. So round three, though, it came down to one and one after the second. <laughs> look at that I'm look so on sad. your face. Let me just say, all right, I I, I had it. Tisha Torres to win. Um, I thought she was going to win the whole the whole thing. You I were really really high on her. I was. I think her striking is amazing. I think she's ferocious. I think she's strong. Um, and she certainly still is. She's, you yeah, know? I absolutely think all the same things still. I think it was, what happened happened. The better fighter won yeah. uh, last night, and it is what it is. But she's going to come back. But I also uh, used to train at American Top Team at, alongside of Tisha Torres. Not really with her too much, but alongside of her. And I saw what it be she was. You got that women's bond thing I with do. Her there. It's like a little thing. Understandable. It's a little, I don't know. I was so team Tisha Torres, but she'll be back. <laughs> she will be back. 
So, but this the the third uh, the third round, both women were really gassed. You know, yeah. this was dig deep and see what you got. You know, get to that. This was adrenaline dump city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Randa clinched Tisha against the cage, got the takedown mm-hmm. and top position. Um, and then Tisha got up, but Randa kept her uh, kept her back or stayed on her. She was pretty right. sticky in terms of you know grappling. <sighs> and uh, note to get let's see. Little bit, I think the last maybe the last ten seconds or so, she knew she was in the home stretch, and a little bit of lay and pray, yeah, um, knowing that you know she she pretty much had it in the bag. Yeah, Tisha had great. Don't get me wrong. In round three, Tisha came out with amazing striking. She landed some heavy hits, but mm-hmm. not enough to do damage and not enough to stay on her feet. She got yeah. taken down again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her game plan should have been or you know should be when going against a grappler stay on your feet use those amazing <laughs> leg kicks uh use that amazing uh yeah. striking that you have and just don't go to the ground yeah um but she held her own the first round on the ground so it's you know not- what i would even want well i shouldn't be talking too much strategy it's not like i'm a cornerman but <laughs> you know if if i'm in that position from tisha's perspective i'm facing a grappler taller i might even faint a couple of shots and then wait for come with the know, overhand right yeah, the overhand right, you know, see if she I can get her to sprawl, come with that, or, or right. change levels, overhand right, or, you know, yeah. or a body kick, and maybe it lands in her head. I know? think the perfect game for someone like Tisha Torres is exactly what you said. Fake yeah. the shot, come with the overhand right. Yeah. She has amazing hands. She has strong hands. She's a strong girl. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe take Ronda off her game, Randa off her game a little bit by exactly. going for the shot. And she, yeah. What? Thinking, wait, why are you shooting on me? You're a striker. You know, but right. don't necessarily go for it, you know, unless you feel really confident. Right. Yeah, faint it. Get her to, to kind of second guess her own strategy. I agree. And then imply your own uh, your own guns in there. I agree. So, hey, yeah. Who are uh, we? Steven, can we put up that graphic there for the tournament where we're at right now? Yeah, one sec. Cool. Thank you. So, we've yeah. Number 14 advances. Tisha Torres, number three out of the tournament. And then... Uh, Next week, so let's I mean let's real quickly talk about the matches. We already have them. There we go. There we go. Right at the very uh, bottom there. Random Marcos advances, um, and then the next match is going to be. Let's see here, Joanne Calderwood versus Emily Kagan. What corner is that? Up there uh, in the top right there, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So Joanne. I know Calderwood. who I have for that one. <laughs> yeah, Joanne is ranked number two. She's the one from uh, Scotland, eight and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Very impressive uh, record. You, she's, she's got a Muay Thai, uh, Muay Thai background for the most part. Training since age 13. Right. World and European flyweight champion. Flyweight being 125. So she's one right. of the ones that's actually dropped. Coming down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Emily Kagan, though, guys, she trains at Jackson Winklejohns. Yeah. So she's no joke either. I mean, that's a serious gym. We've seen some of the best UFC stars come out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows trains with Marcus combat, Davis. Sure. She definitely... Def- oh, she lost to Rose Namajunas. Mm-hmm. All right, five and three is an amateur, mostly tough enough fights. That's interesting. Uh, tough enough is an amateur promotion that is basically a pro promotion. They don't wear shin guards, right? Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, they are amateur, although they did do pro promotions prior to 2008. And if I remember I my meant notes le- correctly, actually, yeah, uh-huh. well, you're talking a about metaphor. production yeah, value. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, tough enough is a fantastic amateur show out in uh, Nevada. Uh, shout out to the Meyer family. But um, I meant more along the lines because they didn't wear shin guards. That's a rule that um, Tough Enough is regulated by the ISKA, International Sport Kickboxing Association. Right. Their rules are such that you don't need uh, shin guards. Uh-huh. And so under that regulating body, 
therefore the shin guards go. Whereas uh, the U of MMA shows, California camo regulates our shows, and therefore right. there is uh, there is that regulation about shin guards. But mm-hmm. that's amateur. I believe, uh, frankly, I'd have to double check, but um, I think Emily Kagan's match to Rose. Um, no, I, I take that back. I believe that was uh, amateur. Tough Enough did do pro matches prior to 2008, so I think there's somebody else here who's fought for Tough Enough, but it was as a pro. Okay. Uh, but all that said, uh, you know, we're talking about a tie fighter versus somebody who's really quite well-rounded in terms of training with Jackson Winklejohn and mm-hmm. Marcus Davis, former uh, um, former UFC fighter, welterweight, mm-hmm. I believe, a.k.a. The, the Irish hand grenade. Yep. He's... It, Fantastic fighter in his own right, and uh, definitely worth worth looking up on Fight Pass, UFC.com, nine ninety nine. Every time, <laughs> every time. So, yeah, let's you know what, real quickly, let's talk because we only get a few minutes left. Um, I think we might as well go and, and list through the matches here. Well, as you can see here, um, we have th- these are these are the brackets, but not right. necessarily in the order in which they'll go, you know? Do we even uh, know the order in which they'll go? I don't think so. I think we're going to find that out with every uh, every week. He asked, he asked the, the winning coach what match he wants next. Right, yeah. The winning coach uh, of each show gets to pick the next one. Right. So it's just a matter of determining when the next match happens. Yep. Um, Tisha Torres has already happened. Joanna Calderwood and Emily Kagan will be next week. We've got Carla Esparza, ranked number one, versus Angela Hill up in the top left corner. Rose Namajunas versus Alex Chambers. Uh, Rose is ranked number seven. Alex Chambers is number ten. Uh-huh. Jessica Penne at number four. Uh, she is fighting Lisa Ellis, who's ranked number thirteen. Yep. Heather Joe Clark and Felice Herrig. Again, we you know th- that's a rematch. That's a rematch. We should talk about that. The only rematch from this. Uh, the only rematch on the season. entire show. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Felice Herrig beat mm-hmm. Heather Joe Clark. Right. In Invicta. Right. I watched that fight. Uh, definitively that? beat her. Last year? Um, yeah, not Must've long been. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it? By decision or did she finish her? I th- oh, that is a good question. We can look it up. I, I want to say decision. it was by uh, decision, but I it don't. It was. I, Felice Herrig, I don't think she's known as a finisher. Right. No, she's I think a lot to, of her fights go the distance. A lot of her fights do go to the, the distance, but, you know, a, a strong Muay Thai background uh, yeah. as well. Uh, Justine Kish ranked number nine against Beck Rawlings, mm-hmm. number eight. Uh, that's probably the closest one in terms I of I think that will be one of rankings. the best. Yeah. 4 and 0 versus 5 and 3 for whatever that uh, whatever difference that makes. I th- I saw Beck Rawlings fight um what's her name? Uh Carla Esparza. Mm-hmm. It was a last minute fight. Beck Rawlings took yeah. it on maybe a couple days, couple weeks notice, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. And she lost, but it was a good fight. She had a lot of heart. She's a really, really tough girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Carla wrestled her, but she yeah. held her own on the ground as well. Good. So, and Justine Keish is very, very serious fighter. She trains at Black House, which is a local <laughs> gym here that's known right. for their men's team. Really doesn't have too many women there, so I'm assuming she trains mostly with men. Yeah. She's she's a tough girl. Right, right. Golden Gloves champion in yeah. North Carolina <laughs> and, and also a Bangla Stadium uh, champ in Muay Thai. Um, that's a whole fat another thing in terms of chant your championship being named right. after the venue that you fight at. That's it's a really <laughs> interesting cultural difference between Thai boxing and you know Western That's a good combat point. sports. Yes, and then finally Angela Magana versus mm-hmm. uh, Esling 
Daly, Ash the Bash, as mm-hmm. uh, as I'm going to call her. I don't know Ash. We, we met a long time ago. If you ever watched this uh, back in Cage Rage, I think in 2007 or eight. She's a sweet, fun girl. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. I you know a little bit a uh, little bit soft for her. You Aww. know, for uh, on on this season. Um, but yeah, her nickname at the time was Ash the Bash. And Ash she, the Bash. Yeah, she's got quite. Uh, she's what's her record here? Uh, Fourteen and three. You know, from Ireland, yeah, she's, experienced. She's been doing it for a while. She's has a loss to Lisa Ellis, uh-huh. um, but she beat Jessica I, who is another strawweight, not signed with the UFC, but considered one of the top ones in the world. Right, and um, yeah, she's uh, you know she, she's got some stuff to prove, but you know one of the veterans of the cast, definitely. So. You know, we've got our matches lined up already, folks, for the season. And it's just a matter of each week, what, who do we see and how does the match go down? Right. So. I'm excited. I'm yeah. super excited. Real quick, I just want to say, let's talk about some of our favorites before we leave. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Carla Sparza, obviously number one. Uh, she's the obvious pick, Cookie Monster. Super strong wrestling background. This girl is just dominant all over. Mm-hmm. And I think she has really... A good sense of maturity and composure in the sport. I think mm-hmm. she she knows how to fight. She knows how to keep her mental state, and I think she knows how to be consistent. And I think that's super important. Being on a show like The Ultimate Fighter, that's some wrestling roots. Yeah, when you're definitely. A wrestler, you got that. It, yes, disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Justine Quiche as well. Um, I think she's a super tough contender. Mm-hmm. Could possibly go all the way. And last but certainly not least, Angela Hill. Bit mm. of an underdog. She was ranked last, guys. But I was watching some of her kickboxing matches, and whew, yeah. if her ground's even half as good as her kickboxing, these girls better watch out. She has some gnarly, gnarly hands. Okay. Um, How long ago do you remember the what year she fought kickboxing? Last year. Really? Yeah, it was a recent okay. fight. She fought uh, four months ago. Which means she fought just before she went in the Ultimate Fighter house. Wow. Yeah, that's what the YouTube video said. Must have been a match, and then she went straight to the tryouts yeah. after that. It, literally, Interesting. She might have went right from the match to the tryouts. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and and I'm going to say, like, George Rose. I really think mm-hmm. Rose is going to be a tough contender, yeah. contender just because of her personality and her... Her killer instinct itself. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I, do I would think? not disagree about Rose. Uh-huh. I think that she uh, can prove herself. Uh, can can break out from the pack. Right. Um, Carla has got a lot on her. Um, you know, she's she's got a, a target on her back. Definitely. To be sure. Um, I like I like jo- Joanne Calderwood. I really want to see okay. see how this goes. She's um, very quiet. She talks yeah, like this. Yeah. Hi yeah. Guys. But when you lock in the cage, lock her in the cage, it may be a different. Thing. Yes, yeah. I I think that's a good point. Yeah, I'm hearing the music. Are you hearing the music? I'm hearing the music. That All means right. they're kicking us out. Let's wrap up. J Tan, J Tan, J Tan seven one six all over your social media, and uh, I want to give a shout out to the Goki family. My thoughts and prayers are with you guys. Very nice. Daria Baronado, you can find me at DariaB28 on all social medias. Uh, I'll be fighting soon, October 11th. I don't know where. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You're just figuring it out. Somewhere. Find somewhere. Some I got an email to me the other day. I'll let you guys know. We'll be back next Thursday you got live me a comp ticket for at that, right? 5 Yeah, of course I got you a comp ticket. That's what's up. You're like my manager. I am. Um, <laughs> 5 p.m. live here next Thursday. But catch us Sunday first live yep. at 6 p.m. Talking everything UFC. Mm-hmm. Everything's UFC in our world, guys. Bigfoot versus Arlovsky from Brazil. Yep. yep. All right. You got it. See you guys later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later! later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.